This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Morning, you're listening to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Wow, Heidi, we're moving to the end of April, and uh, you know what May 4th is? May 4th is your anniversary. 54, 52 years. Can you believe it? Ding, 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 ding. That's amazing, Gloria. <laughs> that is fabulous, and I'm really glad that I knew that date, the pressure. <laughs> you know, I think that <laughs> the pressure was on. Um, yes, congrats. That's that's fantastic. You know what I love about this? I Really, I have to say, because given this show is kind of about grief and loss, hope, and healing, is that uh, a lot of people think you get divorced after you've had a tragic loss, particularly of a child, and uh, guess what? We're still hanging in there, and I have to say that um, it, it's really kind of a uniting force. I mean, it's been years since Scott died, but uh, those memories we have together, and uh, every so often we'll say something about Scott, and we're having a great time doing the foundation, aren't we, Heidi? It's been, it's been incredibly rewarding, and we met so many, so many amazing people out there, our listeners, our contributors, so yes, I've really been inspired and enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and and love the fact that I'm doing it as a tribute to my brother. Yeah, and as a family with Dad doing uh, the financial and Heather's doing mm-hmm. the content management and UED yeah. it and uh, and we have some other great people working with us also like Neil Chethik, our uh, uh, what do we call it? our executive editor? Executive he's, editor. He's fabulous, and then our board. We've got an amazing board. So we do. We have so many incredible people that donate their time and energy virtually for free. It is amazing. In fact, one of those people is our guest today, who's also one of our contributing authors. Absolutely. And why don't you introduce Richard Heidi, because uh, uh, he he brings joy to my heart uh, with the work he's doing. Okay. I'd love to, Mom. Richard Rosser is a children's author, a playwright, and a cartoonist. While in high school, his brother died in a car accident. Richard is in the field of entertainment and has been since college. After watching a man steal a parking space from his mother-in-law, Richard created Piggy Nation. Tragically, Richard's son Nick died in a car accident soon thereafter. Richard has written two children's books, a musical, and he has created a comic strip all influenced by his son Nick's spirit. Welcome to the show, Richard. Hi, good morning. It's great to have you on today, Richard. Well, it's great to be here. You're in Southern California. On the I am at Fox Studios. What are you doing there? Uh, well, I'm currently working on a show called Awake that's uh, due to air on NBC March 1st. Wow! And, and what kind of work do you do? Uh, I'm what's called an assistant director. I'm a first first assistant director, and so I'm sort of the foreman on the set. Uh, I'm the one who calls roll sound and uh, manages the organization of the set when we're out shooting. You know when. Yeah, when I saw your work and the things you've done, I mean, uh, we'll be talking about it. Such charming cartoons and thoughts and Piggy Nation, your book, and, and what you've done. The thing that came up with me for me when we were going to have you on the show is the fact that you've lost not only your son, but you also lost a brother, your son Nick, and then your brother. How old were you when your brother was killed? I was 17, and my brother was 15. Wow. And, and how did he die? Uh, he died in a car accident, and, and my son Nick... Also done the cracks. Wow, and, as well. and Nick just three three years ago. That's correct. It was almost, and almost three was, years ago. To, uh, I was going to say, how the, old was Rich? I mean, Nick when he died. Uh, he was eighteen. So we had we had gotten through the period of time that had, what had happened to my brother, 
when my son was Nick was uh, you know 15, 16, he started driving. I was I was a nervous wreck just because it had happened to my brother, and and I thought by seventeen or seventeen and a half, I thought, okay, great, we've 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 come through this unscathed, and everything is everything's going to be fine. And then, uh, unfortunately, three years ago, as of uh, this past January 31st, uh, Nick was in a car accident and died. Now, tell me, you know, three years is such a short time. Are there things that are similar with death of a sibling and and death of a child? Is there anything that you learned? Is it totally different? I mean, uh, how is that? How do they compare? There, I mean, there there are similarities, but there are many, many differences. you know, when I was 17, I was in high school. I mean, obviously, it, it affected me greatly, but um, there was so much going on in life. And I I almost was numb from, from that and didn't feel it until I got to college and started meeting people that didn't know my brother. That's when it really started to impact me, I think, was, was when I met people and there was no point of reference. Whereas with with Nick, my son or our son, uh, I think the the effects were much more immediate, and and I think that is in no small part to the fact that he was our son as opposed to my brother. And that's not to say that I didn't have, uh, I wasn't saddened and, and had amazing grief feelings for my brother when he died, but I but there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a buffer or a, or a, a um, Sort of a, a little bit of a delay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, uh, I mean, the fact that I went through this—it was almost thirty years ago uh, to the day when Nick died, that Rex had died, my brother. And and so, I knew, I knew what it was going to mean in some ways. I, I I remember telling one of my best friends, "I don't want to be this family," mm-hmm. because I knew, I knew exactly what it meant to to be the family that that everyone then you know walks around in eggshells when when they see you or don't doesn't know what to say when they see you and 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 i just remember going through that and thinking oh my god here it's starting again mm-hmm. it's, it's 30 years later it's it's uh because everyone out there knows that knows what i'm talking about that you know the friends who fall to the wayside the friends who rise to the occasion uh but but then of course the community of people that they don't know what to say. They they they're not quite sure how to react, and and it's it's it it's it makes it tough, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Heidi, do you have some thoughts on that? I'm thinking of you as a sibling. I have a lot of thoughts. I I just I just thought you know when you describe the, the experience losing a sibling, it's what I hear often with with siblings. You know, we kind of put our grief on hold. We kind of we want to be normal. We want to be, you were one of the kind of, you were a teen, and it's such a hard time of your life. So, I mean, how to have a brother die at one of the most difficult times and, and go on as a normal teen. And then uh, it's interesting hearing you compare and contrast and say, you know what, I kind of understood what it looked like to be in a grieving family and what that journey was going to look like. And uh, it's so true. Once you've been there, you kind of know some people are going to step up for the occasion, some people are going to disappear. You know, I guess one of my biggest things is, and I have a 13-year-old right now, and I completely identify with the idea of not wanting him to drive and being mm-hmm. very anxious. I mean, I've solved that problem, so I'm raising him in midtown Manhattan. We <laughs> <laughs> take the subway here, okay? There is right. no car. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, but you know, honestly, 
you know, the idea of him driving terrifies me because my brother also died in a car accident at 17. Oh. And, and, and the other thing, is, and so, you know, the other thing I'm thinking is, oh, my God, wait a minute. You had a brother die. You're not allowed to have a child die. You know, well, you, are, you already course, went down that road. And I know a lot of listeners are like, wow. I mean, the idea of multiple loss, and yet I look at your picture, I've got to tell you, on the website, and despite the worst things happening to you and all this adversity, I still see light in your eyes and some, some hope in your life, a lot of it, in fact, which is amazing given what you've been through. Well, you know something, I, I, I have people come up to me and, and they say, you know, how do you do it? And my, my response is, how can I not? Um, I, I mean, after Nick, after Nick died, I spent two or two and a half months. I wasn't working. Fortunately, I mean, fortunately, at, when Nick died, I was on hiatus from the TV show that I was working on at the time. And so I had two or almost two and a half months of time to deal with that initial grief. And uh, you know, as everyone knows, I mean, it, it hits you physically, it hits you emotionally, mentally. And I, I can remember just sleeping and, and going, "How? why am I sleeping so much? And but then, after a while, I, th- I thought, I, I, I can't, I can't just stay at home. I can't just sit here at home. I can't wallow in this grief. It's that's that's more painful than to me getting out there and, and working and doing something. And again, it, it works differently. I mean, we're in a group group, group with my wife and I with several other couples, and and it works differently for every person. I mean, every person has their own roadmap or template for. Them. For how they deal with grief, but so I, to me, staying busy, whether it's writing children's books, working on a TV show, writing a musical, to me, that's how I'm dealing with the grief of losing my son and the, and the 30 years of ha- after having lost my brother. Now, are your mom and dad still alive? My mom is. My dad actually passed away uh, in 2005 um, on Super Bowl Sunday. So I was with my mom wow. yesterday. Oh wow! Now, is she has she been able to help you with the loss of your son? Uh, is there been anything there, or does it bring her back? How do, how does how does that look? Oh, my mother has absolutely been able to help me. Um, it's uh, we've we've been very lucky that. Uh, She's very strong, and and she and my dad both. I mean, they they stayed married, and they really dealt very uh, very well over the years with the fact that my brother had died. And she and I have had many, many, many conversations about not just the grief, but uh, I'm Episcopalian and and she's Methodist, and so we we believe in an afterlife. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know what the the uh, percentage of your viewers who who believe in an afterlife are, but but uh, in some way, shape, or form. But I truly believe that that Nick's spirit, my dad's spirit, my brother's spirit, they're out there somewhere. They're not sitting up in clouds, you know. But but some way, shape, or form, they're out there influencing our lives and helping us. And so my mom and I have had many, many discussions. You know whether you want to call them metaphysical or philosophical or whatever, but and that is really so. You know they were all watching the Super Bowl together. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And, <laughs> and one of my first thoughts when when Nick passed away was my my father and my brother were right there 
waiting for him. And, and, and I have to say, that's a huge, huge consolation for me. Thinking and knowing, or not just thinking, but knowing that, uh, there, there's something beyond this, this, you know, sometimes really crappy life that, that, and, and crappy hand that we're dealt, you know, by, by having joined this club of, of, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, you know, Richard, I, I'm always thinking of that too. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm always thinking, you know, when people I know die, I always know that I, re- I really take comfort in the idea of my brother Scott and my cousin Matthew, they died together, being there, greeting them, you mm-hmm. know, in the next, the next <clears throat> part of their journey. And that gives me incredible comfort. Talk to us now. Let's get into Piggy Nation because it's so much fun. And your little cartoons, and and you must have a great relationship with your mother-in-law because uh, before Nick died, you got into thinking about this because somebody grabbed a parking lot, a uh, parking place for her, right? Oh well, yeah. Very briefly, uh, we joined her for dinner one evening, and she couldn't find a parking space in the parking lot. One opened up, and before she could pull in, a guy in a Corvette just whipped in, stole the space from her, and walked off without even acknowledging the fact of what he'd done. And so we yeah. we joked, and my son Nick and, and my daughter Allie and, and my wife and, and my mother in law and I were all out to dinner. We just joked about how this guy had stolen her space, and he, he was a piggy. And, and I said, "Well, we should write a note and put on his windshield." And I thought, "Well, there's all sorts of piggy behavior out there." In fact, I've certainly been a piggy, uh, and and that led to the creation of a thing called the piggy ticket that allows folks to to you know if someone parks over the line in two spaces or if they steal your spot, you can. Them a, you can check off uh, a little box on the piggy ticket and put it on the windshield. Or if, if their dog poops on your lawn, you can <laughs> check off that box and put it in their mailbox. Or if, you're, if, you're, if your husband leaves the toilet seat up, uh, you can check it off and put it on his pillow. <laughs> so it, 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 it's trying to, it, I guess it's an update of the golden rule with a really fun sense of humor and whimsy that allows people to, to get rid of their frustrations about the piggy behavior let people know, but do it with with a, a, a wink, a nod, and a laugh. And and so I had developed the piggy ticket before Nick passed, and then after he passed away, I was working on a show, and I was I was sort of going through the humdrum of of being a little bit of a worker bee, and I resurrected the concept. And a friend of mine said, "You know what? That would be a fun children's story." So I wrote it up as a manuscript for a children's story. Another friend said, oh, you should do this as an assembly for kids' schools. Now, I love working with kids. And and I had worked on uh, Lizzie McGuire for the Disney Channel and, and several other children's shows over the years. And so I absolutely adore working with kids. And I had been trying to figure out a way to get back to working with kids in a school environment. And so I took the manuscript and ultimately found Shane, the illustrator, who is, he works on King of the Hill, Futurama, The Simpsons, as an animator, designer, illustrator. Mm-hmm. And I actually found him, and, and this is what tells me, this, this is one of the major stories that tells me that Nick's up there. When I started searching for an illustrator for, for the, the book or the assemblies with my manuscript, I put word out on Facebook and LinkedIn and a bunch of websites, Craigslist, and I got all sorts of responses from around the world from artists. And one of Nick's friends, who she and I had befriended each other on Facebook after Nick had died, she Facebooked me and said, hey, my dad works for The Simpsons. Well, I contacted him, and he said, well, he couldn't really get involved because he's under contract with them, but he, he introduced me to Shane. So 
the introduction to Shane came through Nick, albeit indirectly. Mm-hmm. But I am convinced that he he absolutely, positively, indubitably had something to do with that introduction. Mm, and that. and so his his influence, his being Nick, Nick's influence, to me is felt in every molecule, every 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 bit of Piggy Nation, whether it's the children's book, the musical, uh, the comic strip that we've we've come up with. And I feel him there. And and so again, going back to the, you know, how do you do this? Well, to me, it, it it's a way of keeping his spirit alive. And he also loved to work with kids. Uh, Nick was a camp counselor. He he worked as a lifeguard at our neighborhood pool. And so to me, going back and, and going to schools and doing an assembly and presenting my children's books and now a musical, I, I just went to Oklahoma, they're, they're doing a production, and I met with the, all the kids. It was the first rehearsal last, this past Saturday. I mean, the, the smiles on their faces and the, and the spark in their eyes, I, I know, I know that that is Nick. Uh, in the room with it. I love it. You know, I th- I think there are several factors here. One of them, I always say, Heidi, and I say that when you can start giving back and doing uh, something for others, that is really is the point where you turn around and start moving out and doing things. And also, God creates, and that's what you're doing. That's our creative nature. It's our nature to, our godlike nature is to create and for you to be creating these things. And there are lots of different ways people can create. I mean, they can cook. Oh, absolutely. You know, they can help out at a, um, some kind of a center. I mean, there's so many ways to use your own creativity and to move out like you have. Well, Richard, tell people how they can get your stuff. And, and it's just so fantastic, isn't it, Heidi? The pictures and everything. I mean, you really want to get it. Wonderful. And also, like I'm thinking of my grandkids' school. Can they put on your play? Oh, absolutely. Everything, uh, the hub where anyone can find all about it, uh, my products and, and everything is piggynation.com. P-I-G-G-Y-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com, PiggyNation.com. And uh, there you can buy, I have a, a picture book. I have a new chapter book for kids uh, who are of reading age, 8 to, say, 12, depending on reading level. And then I have the musical, which uh, was premiered here in Los Angeles uh, uh, almost a year ago and is being produced at other theaters around the country. And uh, so it can be produced both by children's theaters, but also by schools that have drama programs. And uh, then also uh, we have uh, the comic strip, which uh, we load the comic strip up on the website. So you can take a look at the website, and all the comics are there from uh, July when it started uh, running in the Sunday Oklahoma. It runs every week in the Sunday Oklahoma, and then I send out an email blast with the comic every Monday morning. So anyone who is interested in getting the email blast with the comic can sign up for that on the website or email me at richard at piggynation.com. I'll put them on the list and, and uh, they'll be getting the Piggy Nation comic every Monday morning after that. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for writing for Open to Hope. And uh, we're, you know, wanting to stay connected with you and, and know about all the great things you're doing and, uh, uh, the best to your wife. And I didn't even ask you, do you have other kids? Uh, my daughter, Allie. She's 17. Allie. Right. Oh, and hello to Allie. Oh, thank you very much. And thanks a lot for being on the show. Well, Heidi, what a great uh, service Richard's doing. I love how he's brought his own creativity to into his life to 
to keep his uh, Nick spirit alive. Isn't it great? Yes, and I, he's doing so much. And I've got to say, when we do things as a tribute to those that we've loved and lost, we have endless energy. And I don't know where it comes from, but I've got to believe it's coming from those that we've loved. So, I mean, you can see that in all the work that Richard's doing. He has his hands in a hundred things. And uh, he does. He feels like he has endless energy. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Heidi, a friend, I forgot to say we're going to be in Florida, right? Yes, we're going to be in Orlando on May 10th and 11th at the Florida Hospice Conference. We're going to be keynoting. Any of you that are anywhere near Orlando, please join us. And you can just go on the hospice website or go on Open to Hope and look at our schedule to learn more. And thanks for listening to the show today and tune in again next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.